episode of Who, What, When, Where, Why, we delve into Broadway, one of our favorite topics to talk about. We talk about our favorite musicals and iconic moments that we've experienced. And we have a special guest, our friend Skye, who is equally into musicals just like us. So sit back, relax, and try not to sing along. We just want to say that before we start that we have an Instagram for this podcast now. Instagram! It's brand new, so follow at the... Wait. <laughs> follow at 5W Podcast on Instagram to keep in touch with us. We will post announcements and funny memories and pictures on this account, so follow us to see more content. Yay! At 5W Podcast. Woo! Hello and welcome back. Line. Falsetto Land. To Falsetto Land! <laughs> okay, before we get into this episode, I have to rant. So, this is the first time we're ever posting an episode that's been recorded twice. Do you want to know what happened? Literally, we recorded it. We were 15 minutes in. It was really good. We were having great conversations. And then my laptop died. You know why? Because I forgot to plug it in. Like, this is completely my fault. And I am so upset right now. So, if something seems a little off, I am very sorry. I'm still, We're still very excited to be recording this episode, but there were technical difficulties behind it. That is all. That's my disclaimer for today. Anyways. So. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kelly Bronco. And I'm Jada Davis. And we also have today a special guest, our friend Sky. Say hi. Hello. All right. Woo. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And so, um, tell us a little about yourself, Sky. What makes you think you're qualified to talk about musicals on this podcast today? Well, what what qualifications would I need to? I don't talk know. Like musicals. On this, um. Well, I do. Exactly. So that's yeah, why I'm that's my qualification. I like musicals. Wow, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, we have a special guest <laughs> today here on uh, Who Went When or Why. Um, this is the second episode, Broadway, recorded twice, yeah. but it's okay. We're not mad. We're we're moving on. We got this. We're big Broadway fans. We love Broadway. I'm mad at Any more reason to talk about Broadway, right? No, you're right. You're right. We can just keep talking about it forever. Forever. We're both. We're all obsessed with Broadway. That is our common interest. Broadway brought us together. Oh my God, the computer just made a sound. Oh my God, shut up. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, we all have become friends due to theater because in high school we were all involved in. Just theater to some capacity, and it really brought us together. Yeah, we were the annoying theater kids. Yeah. I will admit that. Oh, no, definitely. We were those theater kids that you see, like, in the posts. Like, yeah. You know? Definitely. Sky, don't even make a face. Not me. What? I live in... Sky, I'm sorry, she wore a Newsies hat. Sky, I could expose you right on now. On Halloween. I wore it on Halloween. We wrote a musical together, okay? A Joe Biden musical. Parody of Hamilton. It was... It was this How old were we? This we're was like, also like 2016, just this for reference. This was before oh, yeah. Biden was a big stupid poopy face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's our talk about politics for the day. Hello, well. Okay. With Sky. Thank so, you. So, um, first off, we just in I just I'm sorry, I can't speak English right now. There's a lot that I'm trying to think what we should start with. Okay. Our favorite musical is Falsettos. Yes. And we um, have a lot to talk about, mm-hmm. especially about falsettos. I just wrote a 10-page f- research essay on it, like, two months ago. That's crazy. No, it was insane. And, like, I just, oh, my God, I I don't think I've ever read as many analyses as I've had about the show and analyzed it so in-depth. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. Um, also, I'm so sorry if you can hear the fan in the background for the, the computer that we're recording this on. Yeah, this isn't a good look for us right it now. It really isn't. But um, we're having fun. We'll move forward. We're gonna we're gonna keep moving on. So, where where do we start with falsettos? Probably like what our favorite things are about it. Yeah, for me, it's definitely the music of it because I'm I really love shows that have like meaningful lyrics in the sense where like if you analyze them, it really reveals something about the character or the scenario that they're in. They have so many meaningful lyrics. I know, and plus, I love how every song really drives the plot forward because, you know, the musical is basically sung through, so I love the fact that, like, every single lyric is leading up to something, and that it's just very well written. I agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um, I think, for me, it's the music, mostly. I just think that the the way that it's written also tells a lot about the story. We didn't even explain the plot of the story. Oh my god, we forgot Um, to. Basically, long story short, it is set in the middle of the end of the 1970s, beginning of 1980s, middle of the AIDS epidemic. It's in New York City. Um, the main character, Marvin, has a child with Trina, his wife. They have mm-hmm. Jason. And they're all Jewish. 
And then Marvin's like, oh my goodness, I want to get divorced because I like men. So he divorces Trina and ends up with his lover, Wizard, so that already breaks their entire family. And um, they all go to um, Mendel, who is the shrink. And um, the story basically just revolves around all these characters and... Um, Marvin's goal to try to create, like, a tight family. Yeah, a tight-knit family. He still wants to be in control of everything in his life. And um, his family and his son and still be a good role model for his son. But, you know, it's it's hard because he left his wife and he's not really a good role model for his son right now. And um, he's also his wife is also dealing with her own problems because she just got left by... By her husband for another man. Like, that, that's a big thing. Yeah, she just has a bunch of mental breakdowns. Yes, that's a great <laughs> number. But, um, yeah, so me, my favorite thing is the music in general. I think that also another thing that's really interesting. Um, the way that William Finn wrote some of the parts where all the men are harmonizing, Marvin always takes the dominant note in the chord. But then at the end when they're harmonizing, he doesn't take the dominant note anymore. He takes more of, like, the lower and less brassier notes he just takes the weaker notes and I think that's it shows a lot of his character development as well which I know Sky last time we we recorded this you said that was your favorite thing did um, you learn that from analyzing it or on your own well because I didn't know that until you told me that I kind of by analyzing it and looking up like articles and other people responding about it but when you really listen to it Marvin's always the one hitting that really strong note you're right and everyone else is kind of singing the other ones around it. And I think that's what's... I just... The music is also a big thing. And the symbols. Like, I spent, I want to say, four days for this essay analyzing just the symbolism of the chess game mm-hmm. in the in the musical. And um, the dynamic between Wizard and Marvin and their relationship. And I think this, this musical just... You can analyze it for days. Like, I just... Oh, mm-hmm. it was insane. Have you ever um, analyzed Marsh of the Falsettos? That, yes. That's... That, that, I'm not gonna get too into it, but if you, like, are actually into the show, that's a number, like, the amount of, like, I don't know, just all the symbolism behind it. I could post my essay right now, honestly. R- right now. Twitter. Do you, do you really think they want no to one's read gonna your essay lo- read about it. Skylar, what's your favorite thing about falsettos? Um, well, I said earlier the, well, you said earlier about me, that I said <laughs> the character development, because I'm a huge, like, I, hmm, I love characters. I oh. um I love characters. Mm-hmm. No, I I like writing um plays solely because I just love creating people and You're good at making the characters. People. Thank you. You're oh such an amazing writer. Um guys stop You're making me blush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the characters of Falsettos are just all so real. Like they're not real people, but you feel like they are because they're all beautiful in their own ways they're all flawed in their own ways and the way that they develop as people even if you love them even if you hate them like you just have to what's the word you have to sympathize with them Mm -hmm. just because like what they're going through and really just how real they are you can't just you can't deny it and I love like gay people in theater. Oh my gosh. The no, re- no seriously. Right, gay, I know you're right. Gay, gay representation, representation in theater is the, so necessary. The representation and the realistic representation because they aren't just one thing. Like they're not a stereotype. Yeah, they're not they're very stereotyped in media, like gay characters or mm. LGBT characters. Yeah, Marvin's yeah. not a typical gay character. And not he's not, and it actually shows something that I think is really beautiful and needs to be shared about, like, hyper-masculinity yes. and, like, hyper-toxic Oh my gosh, I just thought of something, because I also talked about masculinity, especially with mm-hmm. Marvin in my essay. Wizard is the complete opposite of, like, stereotypical masculine, which is... Playing off of both of those stereotypes and also just that also causes that dynamic because Marvin's like, oh, I, Wizard's a woman. Wizard acts like a woman. So I'm going to put him in that, that, that <laughs> feminine role. And oh, wow. You know what's crazy to me? This is, it's on the same topic. Isn't it like insane that this show was written in the late 1970s, early 80s, and it has better gay representation than most modern media? Yes. 
Whoa, yeah, yeah you're like, right. Like, seriously, even though there is so much more gay rep- representation, which I am grateful for, it's so stereotyped. You know what I mean? There's and always I, the yes. gay also, best friend, like Damien and the Mean Girls. Yeah, like you have the, gay the, you have the gay best friend, the really closeted gay person. Or it's like, like the girl who's like, I don't know if I'm gay, but maybe I, I am. Yeah, there's just so many like mm-hmm. common stereotypes and falsettos like just like completely like knocks them all down away. And the fact that that show could do it better than a lot of modern representations is just like shows how impactful it is. Yeah. All right. I, I just I wasn't it. planning on saying that, but that's my You know what? I think it's That's great. my LGBT thought of the day. Um <laughs> I think we get one. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'm straight. Well, now. I'm not wow. straight. <laughs> um, okay, so um, branching off from our favorite musicals, um, I don't know. Anyone want to just like shout out their favorite musicals so anyone listening could be like, hey, I like that too. Um, waitress. Chicago. I was just going in the line. Yeah. <laughs> Rent. Gypsy. <laughs> Fun home. Newsies. Oh, hairspray. Oh, I love newsies. Uh, Batman. Yes, the color purple. Hades Town in the Heights. We're gonna talk about Hades Town. Hamilton, uh, Hamilton, I like. Hamilton, but it's very overhyped. Hamilton was the first musical that the three of us actually got into together. So as like, I actually was re-listening to it, and I actually, Hanson, I still think yes, Evan Hansen too. But I feel like Hamilton still holds up. It's a little overhyped. Well, very overhyped, but yeah, it did hold (laughs) up music-wise. Like I still like like it. I don't know. Agreed. Do you do you like Hamilton Sky? My roommate really likes listening to Hamilton, and at first I was like, wow, she's really listening to Hamilton. Like, it's everyone's over Hamilton by now, which isn't really true. I mean, I am. Like, she'll talk to Mm -hmm. me about it, and because I'm the way I am, and I overanalyze every single thing, is I start finding new meanings in the songs and in the characters, and it's just crazy. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. I... I don't really listen to it. My ringtone has been "Wait for Me" for four years, and I haven't changed that. Wait for me. Oh, wait, wait for it. No, the one's like "Wait for Me." I was gonna say "Wait for Me." Um, coming. I'm coming. Um, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm a big person for Golden Age musicals, which are musicals that were in around the same time of the Golden Age of Hollywood, which is the Golden Age of Broadway. So 1940 to about like Mm -hmm. beginning of the 1960s. So like Chicago, Gypsy. Uh, why am I blanking? Uh, Guys and Dolls. Um, uh, why am I blanking? I don't know. You 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 know your favorite musicals. I know, but why am I blanking? You know what? I just put myself on the spot. Yeah. But, yeah, I like a lot of Golden Age things. Um. Mm-hmm. Also, I just have to say, Sondheim is better than Weber. Period. Mm-hmm. Are you? Do you really want to open that can? I'm going right to open now? that can right now. The Broadway community is. Okay, so for everyone who doesn't know, there are two, like, really big composers in the Broadway world. There's Stephen Sondheim and And me. And Sky (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And Andrew Lloyd Webber. And Andrew Lloyd Webber, you might know, uh, wrote Phantom of the Opera. And um, a bunch of other musicals, like, um, Tell Me on a Sunday... Um, uh, what are the, uh, Starlight Express, I hate Starlight Express, that show is horrible. Literally, when you describe, I describe the plot, the plot of it's Starlight so Express, bad. I wanted it's to bad. throw up. Yeah. Um, and also what is now in theaters, Cats, he wrote Cats. We didn't get to see Cats. Love Never Dies, the sequel to Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that's not that's good. All I want to say. Phantom of the Opera is really good. We like, we all like Phantom of the Opera. That's like the only Andrew Lloyd Webber musical that I like. Okay. Now Sondheim. <laughs> I love Into the Woods. I love A Chorus. Oh, I love. I love Company. I love. I love into the Woods. Um. Um. Oh, A Little Night Music. I just did that at my school. A Little Night Music is so good. Oh my God, it's amazing. Also, he wrote the lyrics um for Gypsy. For Gypsy. And he also worked on West Side Story. Okay. Um, or am I wrong? No, 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 it was Steven Sondheim who worked on One yeah. Side Story. I think I do prefer Sondheim's music, too. However, I can't say one's, like, better than the other. That's, like, too much. But I could definitely say I like more Sondheim shows. Yeah, Sondheim. Oh, mm-hmm. um, Angela Weber wrote Sunset Boulevard, right? Am I wrong? I like that show. Yeah. <laughs> I think he did. It's good. Okay. I've been into older shows, actually, lately. I've been listening to, the, um, The Light in the Piazza <gasps> a lot. Oh, my God, I want to play Claire so bad in the, the Piazza. Oh, my God. The title song... It's, like, the most gorgeous piece of music I've ever heard. And I'm an alto, so it's not like I can, like, sing along to it. So I just, like, have to constantly listen to it because, I don't know, it's a gorgeous piece. Yeah. Um. Just to uh, throw that out there, all three of us are in 
majoring or working in some aspect of theater. I work in theater performance, musical theater. Skylar works in stage management. Not like works, but we okay. are like majoring in it. Would you like to know my major? Yes, oh, we yes, would. I would. Thank you. So, <laughs> I love Beetlejuice. Who was that? <laughs> my major is communication with a concentration in writing and double majoring in what is it? Theater production. I forget your old major. <laughs> with a concentration in stage management and directing. Thank you. I'm not I'm not I love that. That is so extra, but Mine is like that too, though. Why is that me? Because I have a bunch of concentrations as well. Yeah, but I'm not a theater major in any form. But you write. Yeah, I do. So I guess that counts. Yeah, and you're... No, you write. You write stuff. You write plays. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't finished a play, but... But I, you're a writer. Yeah. So, and you also work, like, you also think... Because, like, before, when... Because, again, this is the second recording. Skylar was talking a lot about stage design and set design and stuff and the tech aspect. And Jada was talking... You talk more about, like, writing and the way that it's written. Yeah, and anal- I guess that. I like analyzing and... And then I was just I like, it's to, good. And it I sounds to, great. No, no, you had interesting points, too. Plus, <laughs> I will say I used to perform. That's it. We can we can move on from that. But I will just say can I, I used to Can perform. I just say real quick, one time she played a character that was literally me. And her name was her Kelly. name was literally Kelly, and she went up to me and she was like, "Kelly, can you just read these lines for me?" And I was like, "Okay, sure." <laughs> and there you go. That that's how that happened. No, literally. Um, the character would always be like, "Oh boy," and that's oh my god, that was so cute. funny. Okay, we can go. Keep All right. Um, shows we've seen recently. Um, I just saw Hades Town last week. Amazing. Andrea Shields was amazing. Um, my fa- he was he was my favorite. He took it was an actors fund performance, and if you don't, for those who don't know, the actors fund is a company that you don't even have to be a theater major to call them and be like, hey, like I'm kind of broke right now, like can you help me out? Like I need this, this, and this, like whatever, and they help you out. And um, so there was a lot of people in that sh- in that theater that I'm assuming were friends and family of the actors because a lot of them were um in the green room after the show. So it was like. Because it was a special performance, and I'm assuming that they all knew, like, a lot of these people. Andre DeShield, in the beginning of the musical, he walks in, and he'll, like, stand there for, like, a minute or two. He took ten minutes to just, he stood there, looked at everyone on the stage, and they all laughed back at him, all the actors. (laughs) Everyone laughed at him, and the stage manager was in the booth and goes, any time now! And just kept saying stuff like that, and it was just so funny. And after he talked about how the actors fund helped him when... His um, lover of, like, 17 years got diagnosed with AIDS in 1992, and how he's been his nurse for four years, and how mm-hmm. he called the Actors Fund and was like, hey, I'm broke, I need money for medical bills, and this is happening, and the Actors Fund helped him, and everyone was crying, because he's just, he's 74, and he's like, you know, it just Little was like... tap dancing. He was tap dancing! <laughs> and it was just, like, amazing, and all the actors are really good, although I will say, and a lot of people disagree with me on this one, but it's mainly because... I've seen and listened to the off-Broadway production, and there's a lot of differences. I think that Reeve Carney isn't the best Orpheus. I think that he's a great singer. He is not a great actor, and I don't think that he's the right person for that role. Um, I'm opening the floor, anyone? <laughs> I just disagree. <laughs> I like the off-Broadway Orpheus much better. I've, I haven't seen the off-Broadway version, to be completely like, listen honest. to it. I've listened, live I've listened to it, but, oh my god, I saw it a couple months ago, Hades Town, and I just thought it was amazing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I thought he did so well with his character choices, and I felt like he really created, like, the awkward, like, boy vibe, and I felt like it worked. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought he was good, and his vocals were crazy. Like, you can't deny that. I can't, but also another thing that I just have to say is is that his vocal technique is really weird, especially when he sings those high notes, because he, like, closes his eyes and, like, makes, like, he, like, bares his teeth, and it's like, hello, what? Eva Noblezada, a queen, I met her at the stage door, and I was like, oh my god, thank you, you're so pretty, and she goes, (laughs) you're so funny, and it was just so refreshing for me as a short, like, actress, because it's so hard to be a short actress on Broadway, because, like, you know, they usually want someone who's, like, 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five. Mm-hmm. and she's, like, my height, she's 5 feet, and mm-hmm. Rave is, like, 6 feet tall, so, like, as a short actress, it was just so nice are and they? so refreshing. They are dating. They're, wait, they are? I can actually disclose this. Wait, can I tell you the tea? All right. Yeah, we didn't so talk, first we off, haven't talked about this. So, first off. Um, Eva was married. She got married in, she's, oh, they're also, like, 10 years apart, by the way. She's, like, 24, he's, like, 36. 
So, Reef Carney was in a, um, he was in, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show on, like, what, what was it, NBC or something, mm-hmm. with Victoria Justice, and that's when they started dating. He's been, he was dating Victoria Justice for about, like, seven or eight years. Eva got married in 2017. Recently, she divorced her husband, and they split. And my friend went to go see, because she goes to NYU Tisch. So she gets free tickets to invited dress rehearsals for a lot of these, like, new shows. The Slave Play was, um, the Slave Play was going on. And she said, oh, my God, she snapped me. She's like, oh, my God, Reef Carney and even though it was out our two rows behind me, so she sends me a video. And they're literally on each other. Like, really? she's, like, kissing him and whatever. Not, like, making out, but, like, you know, like, on the cheek. They're, like, holding on to each other. And I remember reading something about the both of them and how they, um, they're, like, like, constantly together, and they're always posting stuff together, and she's always like, oh my god, the love of my life, and, like, I believe that they are dating, because I remember seeing something about them dating. Yeah. Because she also just divorced her husband. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, this year? And he broke up with- No, 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 like, recently, like, a couple months ago, and Victoria Justice, he broke up with Victoria Justice as well. So who's to say that they aren't together? And I know that video. Like, you can't be on someone like that and be like, I don't like them. Well, I mean, they I mean, I don't have like the video on me. No, oh, it I wasn't like that. that. Like, it was just like, and they like constantly post pictures and like whatever, and they're like, oh my god, I love you, blah blah blah. And it's just like, there's in there's pictures of them kissing. They were kissing. They were making out at the Tonys apparently. No, I could see that because I only heard it as a rumor. Well, first of all, I never knew he dated Victoria Justice. Yeah, wow. they've been dating for like ten. Well, I don't like Vic- well, I don't like Victoria years, Justice. Ten years, whatever. Not yeah. a big fan of her. We all don't like. Victoria. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That that's a yeah. Different... They were dating. I could talk about that different. I episode. think we all are dating. No. Victoria Justice. No, 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 no. But yeah, that was just my hot take. But they came out separately at the stage door. They did. Yeah. No, I guess they're trying to maybe keep them more on the down low. Um, anyone else seen a show recently or want to talk about a show they just saw? We saw Beetlejuice. Sky and I did. <laughs> yeah, we did. It was... Are you good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so tell us about it. Tell me about it. Okay. Favorite um, things. Least favorite things. Go. I don't have a least favorite thing. I love Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. My least favorite thing is that there were technical difficulties and we had an understudy for Leslie. Not that oh. the understudy wasn't fantastic. We, she was we really res- good. We respect understudies in this household, but... You know, we've met her before, so we were, like, really excited just to see the whole cast in general. Leslie's, like, my favorite, so it's kind of like... Oh, no, Sky is, like... Leslie is the name of a character? No, Leslie is the actress who plays... Um, what's the character name? I'm sorry. Why am I blanking? (laughs) Delia Dietz. Delia Dietz, okay. Because I was, like... No, not... Basically, like, it's... I'll explain the character, She's the one that goes stale... She's on the, so in the show, basically the plot of Beetlejuice is like, you know, the big, kind of similar to the movie, but, um, with the musical, the, like, dad, like, Lydia's dad has, like, a lover after, like, his mother dies, so that's her, and she's, like, this, like, therapist guru and stuff like that, and she's, like, a, yeah, she's, like, a, she's, like, a life coach, and she's, like, a really bad one, too, it's funny, iconic, anyways, the whole show is amazing, oh my god, the scene, the set design, the technical aspects that go into it is absolutely wild. They told me last time that there's fire coming out of people's hands, which I think is insane. I thought you were gonna say ass, and I'm like, no, we didn't tell you. No, 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 no. Now we have to read this R. Explicit! I don't know, um. Can that be your first inside joke within this? Explicit! Just tweet explicit at random celebrities in all caps. No one's gonna do that. But I will. We'll do it. Yes, Matt. Okay. (laughs) I forgot what I was gonna say. Thanks. Sorry. Um, what were we talking about? Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. No! Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Um, whatchamacallit. Oh my god. That was so aggressive the way you said no. You, like, pointed at me and, like, you was ready to it. pounce. She was very demanding. You can't <laughs> say it three times. He'll show up. Um, uh, excuse me. Uh, I don't see him. Well, you Where's said Alex it, Brightman? You literally said it twice. Beetlejuice! That's <laughs> the third okay. time. Okay. But, like, you spoke in... Anyway. Anyway. Um, it was really good. There were... There are, like, magic tricks I can't tell you about. Um... 
because I don't want to spoil anything, but there was, yeah. like, fire coming out of people's hands. They had a giant sandworm, which was insane. insane. Is it the Alaskan bullworm? No, it's Shut not. Up. It's not um big, scary, and pink. It's black and white, like Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. It they eat. <laughs> they feast on the souls of the dead. Honestly, same. <laughs> that, that's super emo. But what I like about Beetlejuice compared to the movie is how much more in the spotlight Lydia is, and they gave her like a full story. So in the um. In the movie, her parents are, like, together. Like, her mom isn't dead. But they change that plot to, like, give her depth or something. But I love how they did it. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why she's so obsessed with, like, death and dying. I mean, I get it. Like, being an edgy teen, that's what she originally was. She was just, like, a depressed, edgy teen who wanted Me. to die. Um, Kelly! No, you're not, <laughs> Kelly. But now she has, like, more depth to her character. And even though it was hilarious, she was, like, so moving and empowering. And, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Sophia is literally... So talented. It is insane. Her vocals. Oh, my gosh. She has such a mature voice, first of all. And I, I do have you listened to Beetlejuice? Yes, I have. Her, she sounds exactly the same live. Oh, I love when that happens. Like exactly the same. I love like, when actors sound the same. And she has this like kind of like edgy rock voice, and it it works so well for the character, and it's it's great. Cause at first I didn't like the idea, cause I didn't feel like Lydia would break out into song, but just the way that they presented her and how the edge she had i was like okay okay i'm good mm-hmm. you know like she would sing definitely yeah well that was <laughs> I, I i i have not really seen it i've listened to it but i have not really seen it mm-hmm. and um it really sucks that they're closing the the show for Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster and I'm the a- Music Man and who is gonna watch the Music Man? No, we like not John Mulaney. Yeah, John <laughs> Mulaney is mad about it. John Mulaney tweeted about mad. it. That's what we wrote. John, she, Mulaney, I spelled his name wrong. I know. I, I, know, spell, I know. Yeah, you put. Mo- I was typing Nay. really fast. I was just Mulaney. typing really fast. Nay. Okay. No, but um, I'm so mad about Beetlejuice that. Beetlejuice broke a bunch of box office records more than once. They're one of the highest mm-hmm. grossing shows right now. 92% of their seats are sold on average if it's not sold out. They had, like, 20 shows. In, this may be updated by now, but they had 20 shows in a row that were sold out. Like, in a row. Yeah, and I think that's how? insane how they're going to close a show when Broadway's having a big financial crisis. A show that is bringing so much money in and so much attention and popularity. Exactly. And for The Music Man, where, yes, okay, a lot of people know Sutton Foster, a lot of people know Hugh Jackman, but me personally, even me being the person that I am liking the kind of musicals that I like, I don't want to watch The Music Man. I, I just think that there are so many other shows that, like, I'm sorry, could be shut out that should be replaced by The Music Man. Like, Beetlejuice also, as you said before, needs a lot of technical stuff. Yeah, you know? they need the they need the stage size. That's why they can't literally find another stage, and they might be closed for. Good. And the Palace Theater's closed, which would have been a great one for that. Yeah. Because the Palace Theater was a big, big theater. In case you didn't know, that's where SpongeBob actually took place. Yeah. Where it performed and they closed SpongeBob. it and re- renovated the entire theater. It's literally in the heart of Times Square, and they closed and renovated that theater for retail space. I I makes no why? sense. Why? Why? Sometimes Broadway just makes some questionable I, decisions. I guess, like, because since Broadway has been in a financial crisis for approximately the past two or three years, ever since the end of, after the 2016 Tony signed, I feel like everything went downhill from there. No, 2017. 2017, was. yeah, I'm sorry. But since they're going through such a financial crisis, they probably thought, oh, if we get these, like, this really big name actor and a very successful actress, like the show will sell well and blah blah blah. But Beetlejuice is literally making but so much income that they haven't they realized. Want. And what we were talking about before is that they probably already initialized a contract for this months before they realized just how successful Beetlejuice is. But they can probably just change that. Why not just delay the the arrival of as I said before, I don't think six should be on Broadway. And we kinda had a dispute about it, but why not delay the arrival of six? Put Beetlejuice there. Mm-hmm. And then when the music man just completely d- just blah, 
you where, know. Where is Six gonna be? Uh, Walter Care? No, that's, that's, sorry, I lied. Walter Care is where Hades Town is. Yeah, um, I was like, what? <laughs> oh my god, I think it's the one where B, not B, where, where B more chill. Waitress, waitress, yeah. Waitress, yeah. Wait, Six is where Waitress is? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just remember, I forgot about that, yeah. The Brooks Atkinson. Brooks Atkinson, yes. Yes. I don't, I guess that would be a big enough theater. But doesn't Six not need a big space? Six doesn't need a big space. There's a lot of people on stage, though, at the same time, and, I mean, and they're all, I don't know. But why does the Music Man need such a big stage? They do, I don't think they do. I think they could have maybe There's not, like, easily, big things, like big set pieces or whatever that need to be moved. I felt like they could have found any theater, but they just chose that one. I still think that it is because Beetlejuice had a rough start with prior to the Tonys because no one really knew about it. Like a few people knew, like people went and saw it, people saw it in previews, but no one was really talking about it. And yeah. I didn't know it came to Broadway until the Tonys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when I found out it was a nominee, I was like, I didn't even know this existed. Was, I didn't even know Beetlejuice was on Broadway. Like I heard that they were gonna make it, but, but I didn't it wasn't know. like yeah. Mm-hmm. That actually makes sense now that you say that. I see where you're coming from. But I do agree with you, Kelly. I do wish they could just, like, why don't you take them and put them somewhere else? Like, Literally, like, come like, on. Patrick, like, <laughs> we should just... take the music man and push like, it somewhere because else. Because it's a trash they can. Seen, they have seen through previous, like, as you've seen through previous revivals of shows. I mean, I'm excited for Company to come on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm literally going to cry when Company comes on Broadway. But, um, like... Shows like when Carousel was on Broadway, that was like gone in an instant. Oh yeah, that was like also they have so many jukebox musicals that are coming out. I just saw the Diana Ross one or Tina Turner, whatever, one of those two that was there. I don't remember, but there's two of them that are out right now, Mm -hmm. and they don't need to be. Yeah, I kind of have a gripe with jukebox musicals because I feel like they're like they're just building off the popularity of someone else. It's not original, but where is the demand for a Diana Ross musical? Who asks for that? Like, I mean or that the in, Turner the, in, the, in the nicest way possible. Yes, these are very successful women, and they've done a lot for music, but no one really asks for them to make a, have them make a musical about it. They just want a quick money grab, but all these jukebox musicals, like, usually the ones, like, the Tina Turner ones, like, tend to close, like, the Cher show closed really quickly, but we love Stephanie J. Block, but, like, Deserve that Tony! Deserve the Tony for acting, but there was still kind of not a point of the Cher show, and I just feel like that with a lot of jukebox musicals, too. Yeah, it's just not it and um yeah um can we talk about we all saw bad out of hell oh my gosh that's a good jukebox music amazing but it's not even jukebox it has like its own plot amazing to it. yeah it's a plot it's not like, like head over heels kind of it's like an american idiot there's a plot and they sing the songs mm-hmm. it's not like a bi- a biographical musical yes. because a lot of these bu- jukebox musicals now are biographical that was also off broadway so why are they putting well it was also a limited run as well yeah but why don't they just do limited runs off broadway rather than take that's what i'm saying why not put six off broadway that makes sense or even any jukebox musical why not just put it off like they put little shop off broadway that shouldn't have been off broadway that should have been on broadway Mm, true but that is a revival that's what i'm saying it's a revival why is it not that's actually that's true i want to see it so bad but um, oh, for Bad Out of Hell, Sky completely pulled through with yes, queen. We got free tickets. No, we're not spoiled, but we did get free tickets. Um, only a little bit. Only a little bit. <laughs> and it was such an amazing show, especially because we didn't have really any expectations going into it. We kind of thought it was Absolutely just gonna not. be like your typical jukebox musical, like we've been saying. But it is so much more than <gasps> exceeded that. exceeded expectations times five billion like for oh, both the music my. and the technical aspects of it it was just the set design was beautiful they mm-hmm. had this screen in the like in the middle of the of like the back wall and um they had someone walking around with a camera doing like a live like like recording what was going on like on a different side of the stage so you can see different angles of the theater and like of the set and it was just it was it was insane. It was beautiful, and the music was amazing, and I found out that the main two actors who play Strat and, um, what's her face, Raven, I think her name is? Yeah. They're dating in real life. That's still crazy to me. They're like, oh my god, their chemistry's amazing. The lighting design, there was this one light cue that just sticks out in my head. Uh-huh. In I Would Do Anything For Love, But I Won't Do That, that song. Mm-hmm. And they look, she, like, looks up, 
at him, and all of these little pinpricks of light just come over them, like, slowly. Oh, my God. And it just, oh, I literally was like, this deserves a Tony. Like, this is amazing, and I'm so mad that it was limited. It's crazy that you say that, because I was just thinking as you said that, the lighting cue, I turned to, I don't know why, but I turned to Tyler, and we both, like, looked like, like, we we're just so in shock at how beautiful it was. I don't know what song, but do you remember when he, like, just, like, jumps from the car? He jumps off the car, yes. and it gets, like, these yellow, like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, dots, and they start, like, move. the way every lighting shot is, like, thought of to the point where, like, at a certain beat, the lights will, we'll like, flicker, will flicker a certain way, and it's just very beautiful. You described your favorite lighting cue a lot better, but I'm just saying... Just thinking about They had those a motorcycle aspects. and also fire. the musical was based off we should have said this earlier, sorry. Peter Pan. Based off of Peter Pan. So it did really have his own plot. Yeah. And it was just amazing. But it was also so <laughs> Bad Out of Hell by Meat Milk by Meatmoaf. Meatloaf. <laughs> wow. Meatmoaf. So That's like a Pokemon. Was, it, yeah. Meatmoaf, <laughs> I choose you. So it was written with the storyline because I forget his name. Oh my god. Jim Simon. Yes, Jim Steinman Legend. loved the idea of, like, a Peter Pan-esque story. So while he was writing it with Meatloaf, he wanted to create the story within it. And that kind of inspired him to make Bad Out of Hell off-Broadway. And, whatchamacallit, I forgot what I was going to say. But, like, it's a Peter Pan-esque, and I just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. It's a Peter Pan esque. It's really musical. good. There's it has to be revived. Like it has. They're to be. thinking about bringing it back. Because I remember reading about it because it did so well here and on the West End. Wait, didn't that guy break... on the West End for like? Didn't 10 the years. lead break his ankle? Did he? Oh my God! Yeah, he did. The lead broke his ankle like, and still performed. And it was a couple days after we saw it. Yeah, because it was closing. He, like, closed, I think, on, like, he, like, broke it, like, the day before closing for them. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Also, another thing I have to say so we can segue into our next topic. There was a couple in front of us, the entire show, making out. And not, like, little pecs on cheeks. No, 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 no. Full on it was making gross. out with each other. It was so gross. Like, what about meatloaf makes you want to make out? What? Everything. It makes your emotions just like what about <gasps> that guy? You know oh when gosh. when Strat was blood putting like blood all over his body made you want to make out. <gasps> Spoiler. That's why definitely he have blood on his body. That's definitely someone's kink. Let's. And it was theirs. Explicit. <laughs> Explicit. <laughs> um. Yeah. And I just have to talk about Broadway etiquette because you see a lot of people not having good Broadway etiquette when it. When there are actors who are not pri- predominantly Broadway actors performing. Yeah. Like, big one that comes to mind when Brendan Urie was in Kinky Boots. Everyone at the stage door was screaming, acting like it was a concert to the point where he did not stage door. And they were all mad at him, calling him all these names. Like, stage door is a privilege, exactly. not a right. You- they do not have to come out if they don't want to. And people were going, even if they weren't a part of the show, just to meet Brendan Urie. And I, it's, that's frustrating. Because, like, you know, you're not... He wants to be known at that performance as the actor who played Charlie Price, not Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened with Colleen. When she was on Broadway, there were people who would show up to the stage door and they would expect a free meet and greet with YouTuber Miranda Sings, Colleen Ballinger. And it's just like, no. Exactly. That's so rude. And people need to know. Like, that's the one thing that I think I have a problem with mostly when there's someone who's not a predominant Broadway actor gets put on Broadway and all these things happen. Like, people just need to know etiquette. Please don't make out at shows. It's, you're paying literally so much money. Yeah, just to think, first of all, that you would waste that much money to, like, make out or, like, I don't know. Just, like, it's so disgusting. But in general, when it comes to um, having celebrities on Broadway, I completely agree with that. But what I will say is that what I said before is that I feel like these actors – well, the celebrities that go on to play these roles, they have a lot of potential, obviously, because, like, Brendan Urie... Except for Cameron Dallas. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Brendan Urie is literally paying out the disco. He is an amazing singer, and he has, like, the skills to play that role, but I get what you mean, more like, these fans are treating him more like a concert, and he literally... They all dressed up in Panic at the Disco merch. And, and they would, I just want to say this, some people would, like, scream when he came out, or be, like... Like, they would scream, um, at him. And would be like, Brandon! 
and you don't do that. You don't do that. That's so disrespectful. No, you're right. And the worst part is he probably didn't really know that getting into it because I feel like he was the first major, like, person to do that, at least, like, in present day. And also with Colleen Ballinger, I keep defending her because even though, like, it's really unfortunate what happened to her with, like, all the harassment and everything like that, she has been known to be a classically trained singer and she is a very good actress. So I think she deserved that role. And hers was way more limited. So I think hers was, like, not as bad. Yeah. I just also have a big, I just also have big beef when they put people who aren't Broadway people on Broadway, like Cameron Dallas, who is currently as, um, on the track of Aaron Samuels in Mean Girls on Broadway. Mm -hmm. He just, um, he had his debut two days ago and it's just frustrating, especially me being a performer who is going to such an expensive school for performing. I'm paying thousands of dollars to train and People do that, all, like, a lot of Broadway actors spend thousands of dollars to go to school to train, to go to lessons and, and, and different things, and, and, oh, it's just so frustrating because I'm paying so much money, and I bust my ass every day to just make it, try just a little sliver, and him being talentless. It gets handed to he's, him. He's just a pretty boy, okay? He's a pretty boy. Mm-hmm. He, he's a model for some company, and he was a minor. And he has no talent, and I don't even know if he can sing. Can he sing? No, I saw him live. He can't sing. Shawn Mendes is the only one out of MadCon that can sing. And he's Shawn Mendes, so that makes sense. MadCon was the old Viner group he was known for, and I actually did go to the event in, like, 2013. But I will say the difference, though, between Cameron Dallas and, like, Colleen Ballinger, Brendan Urie being in, on Broadway is that Cameron Dallas, like you said, has no talent. It's he's not just like, known for making videos and being a pretty exactly. boy. Exactly. Colleen Ballinger is known for making videos, but we know she's a good singer. Like, we've established yeah. that before. But for Cameron Dallas, I feel that it's even more frustrating because it's not like he had a talent to begin with. I'm sorry. like. And it's just like, why am I paying money then? Maybe I should just, like, give up. I'm not pretty. I'm not famous on social media. <laughs> Maybe I should just give up. Is this you giving up right now? This is me giving up right now. I'm going to drop out of college. Not even, like, 28 days into 2020. And, you're, and I'm already and you're giving already up my dream. dream word because um, of cameron dallas because of cameron dallas rude <laughs> this podcast just got very depressing <laughs> um can she... we talk about jeremy jordan then oh yeah that makes me happy wait i me. don't know i did that i want to talk about um jason morass oh, oh, oh my god yeah. yeah sorry who i saw in waitress at betsy wolf's last i almost said concert her last, last concert show, her last show mm-hmm and I just didn't feel like he had it. Like, he is a good singer. He's a beautiful singer. My mom listens to him all day. But I just don't feel like he fit. Because I love Betsy Wolf, and I feel like she's an amazing actress. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel the energy with him. And, well, people are like, oh, you know, well, he's not used to Broadway, so he's not going to be amazing that's not an excuse then don't put him on broadway exactly you can't just put anyone on broadway you need proper training for it you should put the best the best people who can be in this role exactly he was not the best i know waitress specifically has had issues with taking big name people and i feel like most of them were at least qualified Jason Mraz, I did not feel was qualified. I also just, like, with that whole thing, yes, it is a pop musical, but I agree. If you're not suited for Broadway, why are you there? Like, that's why I have such a big, like, I'm against Ariana Grande just being in Wicked Wicked at all. Like, yes, she started on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Yes, she had, but it's not, she doesn't have a Broadway voice anymore. She has no more Broadway training. She has the talent for it, but there are so many other deserving people who could get that role. And she, like, I don't and know. And she didn't do good in Penny in Hairspray. Oh, my God. She did not I, do good. I did not like she Hairspray She was probably live. the worst Penny Pingleton I have ever seen. I That sounds really bad to say, but it's true. And for clarification, like, we both love Ariana, especially We me, are like, such Ariana, Ariana stands. stands. And, like, we just know she's just not meant for Broadway anymore. No, she's not. She, she was singing the other day with Liz Gilly. She was singing Take Me or Leave Me, and it just, it wasn't good. It was, I, I think it was good, but it wasn't, And like, The Wizard and I just was so pop. It wasn't mm-hmm. wicked pop, you know, Broadway yeah. pop. So, like, I just think that, I don't know. That's just, that's just 
Mm-hmm. Ruffles my gym. Just because you're a good singer doesn't mean you're a good Broadway performer. Also, sorry, were you done? No, that's it. So also, the thing is, is that the two female leads in Wicked are two of the hardest roles to play on Broadway right now. Mm-hmm. Female, female, two of the hardest female roles to play on Broadway. And yeah, I was gonna say Christine Daae, but yeah, that too. Belting wise, yes. Two yes. of, not yeah. the two. Yeah. So if you're gonna put someone who is really out of their game, that's just not wise. Even if you feel like it's going to get you money, like she could make money going on tour. She doesn't need Broadway to give her money, and you can just get someone who is insanely good and I promise you Wicked will make that money. Exactly. They've been on Broadway for like what, 15, 16, 17 years? Mm-hmm. I think 15, more than 15 because 15 was in 20, 2000. Wasn't there just an anniversary? Yeah, it was like 15th year. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, like 2002. <laughs> oh, I know we don't want to talk yeah. about movies, but remember when the Wicked movie didn't come out because they didn't even cast Yeah, and then everyone was like, oh my god, Ariana Grande's gonna play Alphaba, and then I was like, I'm not gonna go see it if that happens. But it literally was, like, scheduled to come out this year. Like, literally scheduled. Yeah, someone tweeted about it the day it was supposed to, they said it was gonna come out. Someone tweeted, and they was like, wow, I wish I saw the Wicked movie when it came out. Mm -hmm. She was also supposed to be in the prom movie. But then people complained. But then people, she didn't actually sign on to it. They asked her, and she didn't respond, so they said that she took it, and then she was like, I didn't accept this role. Yeah, she had it too much, she was literally on tour when that yeah. happened. She said, like, I have a busy tour schedule. Okay, now we talk about Jeremy Jordan. Yes, Jeremy Jordan, we saw him last week. <sighs> Amazing! We got these tickets in, in August. August, and it is at a, it's literally in a theater that I, close, two minutes away, from a theater that I performed in last summer. So it was crazy to, to see him in a theater that I like, have been like, in. That's, like, local. That's local. It's, like, 20 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And um, he was just fantastic. He was mind-blowing. We've all been obsessed with Jeremy Jordan since Newsies. And it's just, it was such an honor and a privilege to see him. And we got, like, reasonable tickets okay. at a good price. And it was such a quality show. There was not one bad number. There was not one bad note. Like, he was, like, flawless. And also his pianist was um, Benjamin. I forgot his last name begins with an R. But he's, like, literally a YouTuber. Oh, and he hosts so the, funny. And he hosts the um, Disney princess parties at, um, in New with York. Laura's literally yes. called Jeremy Jordan daddy, like, twice. And then Jeremy Jordan called himself daddy. And I just died not, inside. Not knowing that it was. It, it meant what it meant. Jeremy Jordan didn't know that it was. He was like, people just keep calling me daddy, and I don't know why. I mean, he is a father. <laughs> yes, he sang a lullaby for his daughter oh. and said he was gonna cry. He and also, then we cried. He also like just being there. Like there were people who went and met him. Yeah, um, they said he was really nice. Like just being in his audience, I felt like I knew him. Yeah, like, he, he was, was so conversational. Such an int- intimate performer. Yeah. For such, for such, we went to a decently big theater. It, was it felt cute. like such an intimate performance. It yeah. Was, also, he had a really big thing about phones. He was like, put your phones away. Yeah, I started recording in the very beginning because I didn't know, and he started saying, I think it was he was saying the last five years, and that's one of my favorite shows that I said, so I was like, oh my god, and then he made a comment, I was like, never mind. Yeah, I felt like he called me out because I recorded it, but at the same time, he wouldn't see my phone. Because out of all was, phones. Yeah. There was, there was a woman, though, who was in the front row. And was Recording like, the whole time! Mm-hmm. I probably knew who anything. that was, because I knew a lot of people in that theater. I, don't, I can't believe he just didn't Patty LaPone like that person. Oh, my out. God. Okay, he so, he, so he said, so the day that we saw it was actually the anniversary of when Patty LaPone had a f- meltdown mm-hmm. on Broadway. And if you don't know that meltdown, it's so iconic, you have to search it up. Basically, in 2009, yeah. she was playing Mama Rose, which is one of the hardest roles, like, ever to in- play. Gypsy! Gypsy, a great musical. We both love Gypsy. Maybe yes. not Sky as much, but we love Gypsy. <laughs> I love Gypsy. And someone had their phone, you're not supposed to have your phone out, period, at a, at a performance. And someone was recording, and she stopped the band, in the, one of the, like, the biggest numbers of the show, like, the show-stopping number. Mm-hmm. And which is the last number that she sings, and she literally was like, "Put that phone away!" and she started screaming. It was and she so like, iconic. It was so iconic, and we saw it the 
the I think like the ten year anniversary of that performance, <laughs> and um Benji was literally talking about it. Yeah. And it was just so funny because then Jeremy Jordan was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go Patty Lapone on you if you do that." <laughs> and it was just oh he was so he did a, a Disney medley. Yeah, he did a Bonnie and Clyde medley, which was I was not. He expecting. did last five years medley. Yeah, he was talking about how it was such a flop. <laughs> You know what? But it's such a good musical. It's like a cult. He has, it has a cult following. It's a cult following. Um, what else did he sing? He sang Santa Fe, which at per- that was the last song. And lame is he sang Bring Him Home. And the reason why you're saying it like that is because you couldn't. You I couldn't it remember it for own. the life of me. In the last time we recorded this, and I'm like, what is this? What is this? I'm such a lame person, and I kept saying on my own. I was like, that's just not right. It's Bring Him Home. And we all thought that was the end of the show, so we got up and made a standing ovation. He was like, it's not over yet. <laughs> but it was just, oh. He's beautiful. He's so beautiful. This guy. Any Any comments? On his beauty? <laughs> on his beauty. Oh, his oh he was specifically. He was so beautiful, and I think that... His pants in act two. Oh my god! No, we literally kept going, he's thick! He's thick! He's so I thick. I did not... I... I don't usually look at people's butts when I'm looking at <laughs> But I'm sorry, when you bend down like no, that. No, let's guy talk. When, usually, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I don't want to sexualize anyone, but. <laughs> he sexualized himself. Okay. That was by accident. No, no, this doesn't have to do with him. This has to do with butts. Butts on Broadway. <laughs> New take from Can me. we make that a musical? <laughs> butts, butts on, on Broadway. Broadway. Oh my god. I, when I saw the prom. <gasps> I was checking out Izzy's ass. Oh my god. Oh my god, she's such a lesbian. What? I was too. Such a lesbian. I'm not a lesbian. Bisexual queen. Okay, fine. (laughs) But like, honestly, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, those jeans? I'm sorry. This is really off topic. No, no, that's literally so funny because I I just remembered the minute he walked down these nice khaki pants and his like butt was like, <laughs> I literally was said, like, "Oh my God, my father!" Oh my God, yeah, he is no, the daddy. literally, my He's dad. Literally, my dad. dad. I will never say he that. He called himself longer. a good boy. He was like, "I'm such a good boy," and we were like, mm, <laughs> "Okay." That's the tea. Um. um. Oh my God. Speaking of tea, this is not about tea, but I really have to tell this story about when I saw Derek Lynn at Starbucks this year. <laughs> so this first sounds, of all, it literally sounds fake. It's not though. I have videos and pictures. Okay. So I went to Broadway Fleet, which is, like, every year um, a bunch of people go to New York City and they sell things, like, playbills and whatever. And I went to Broadway Fleet with my friends, and I was with my friend Maddie. And we were in the Starbucks across from um, where they were having the meet and greets with all these actors. It's right next to the Music Box Theater, right across from Schubert Alley, if you know, if you're a Broadway person. So I'm in that Starbucks, right, and I'm with my friend Maddie, and there's this, like, family in front of us. And this really tall dude walks in. I'm really short, so I'm like, whatever, it's a tall person. Mm-hmm. And he touches my shoulder, <laughs> and he touches my shoulder, he goes, I'm so sorry, excuse me. And he squeezes in front of me, and I guess that was his family, and he kissed the woman in front of us, whatever. And I look up, and I'm like, no, it's fine. Maddie. Maddie. And she goes, what, what? And I'm with my friend Rebecca as well. And I'm like, look, it's Derek Klenna. And she goes, huh, what? She looks up, it's Derek Klenna in oh. front of me at Starbucks. Oh my God. And the thing is, is that I was like, okay, should I go ask for a picture? Because I have no shame walking up to him and be like, hi, oh my God, like, can you take a picture? But the thing was, I looked it up because I was like, I don't know if he had a meet and greet or is going to one. He just finished a two-hour meet and greet across the street. Oh, really? Like, it had just finished. So I was like, I don't think he's going to want that. So I just have pictures of his back. <laughs> that's, um, that's good enough. And I tried taking a picture of our drinks, but angling it so I could get a picture of him, but it was so obvious that I didn't end up getting it. And it was just, like, it was so sad. But then we saw his a big picture of his face by the jagged little pill. Like, they have a big picture of his face, so I took a picture with that. But, yes. Also, Christopher Sieber death stared me. Why? I don't know, but I just, like, was recording, like, what was going on, and I was walking by. And he just goes, like, if you look at the camera, he's literally, he's, like, doing an interview with Broadway.com, and then he looks at me and he goes... What? And just keeps talking. Wait, why? He probably was just like zoomed, zoned out. Like zoned probably. Out, and it was just at that moment. However, the thought of him death staring you out of all people is like very funny within itself. So we'll act it like would it be, happened. It would be Jada that he'd be death staring. Why? Wait, why me? He has an issue with you. Why? Remember. What did you do to Christopher Seaver? What did you do to Christopher Seaver? Oh, um, so he had a. Yeah, 
No, I know what you're talking about. I just, like, wanted to act like it didn't happen, but it happened. It was kind of iconic, <laughs> but, um, basically, your girl saw the prom Woo! with Sky Took Me. It was amazing. It was wonderful. And we staged Jordan, as we usually do. And I... I'm a social person, but I actually usually don't talk a lot of stage door. It's just not my thing. I just like to get my autographs and then kind of, like, eat out because I'm awkward. But, um, I was in a really good mood. And I don't remember – do you remember, like, how – I don't remember how okay. it started. Okay. Like, how did it start? So, <laughs> no one was really talking to him that much. It was like, they were just, like, saying – um, like, a few things, like, you were so good and stuff, and Jada was like, how are you? And he's like, oh, I'm good, but he was, like, zooming, like, you could tell he was in a rush. And, and I asked, I asked him that, right? She was like, can I, can I get a picture? And he's like, you know, I want it, I, I would, but, and at the same time, like, he's, he's, like, rocket autographing, like, he already passed us. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I would, but I have to go to a meeting. And then I was like, yes, thank you. Thank you for telling me that. Because I forgot how it started. I was like, what did I do? But yeah, literally he was like, oh, yeah, I have an important meeting. And I was like, a meeting for what? And he like said something along the lines of like, I can't tell you that or something like that. And it was just so funny because like, it was kind of in a joking matter. But I felt like when I said that, he was just like, why is this girl asking me about my personal business? And I'm just like... <laughs> He's like, I can't tell you that. It's it's a secret. And and she's like, ooh. <laughs> and That's he's funny. just like, okay. And then after we left the prom, we saw Izzy when yeah, we, just saw we were going street. to dinner. And I was I was dying because, like, I saw her, but I didn't, like, it didn't register. Like, we made eye contact, but and, it didn't and, register. And I said hi to her. And she, and she. <laughs> That's me when Cheetah Rivera came to my Gita school. Cheetah turns to her and goes, oh, hi. As if it's like some like childhood friend that she just saw on no. the street. Like she's like, oh hi, and then she's like, oh hi, and I'm like, what is this? No. What is First this? of all, the reason the reason why I pointed her out was because from the back I could kind of tell, but then I saw her cocoa hat and she wore that during stage door, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, it's Izzy. And then the funny thing was is that like you know when like you don't know what to say it's in the moment and you're like yeah. I have a lot of pressure right now. So I said oh hi as if she was an old friend. And yeah. then but you know what maybe she did like that. that. Maybe she did like that. Maybe she didn't like the fact that you were trying to take pictures of her while no. she's standing with her family. I had already she taken was, a selfie with her. Yeah, she treated it like we were old friends as well. I did. She was like hi. And like and that's so like, cute. The look you gave me like after that was priceless. You were like so shook and I was too, but I didn't process it. Amazing. Honestly, though, I'm Cheetah Rivera is like that too. She literally okay. She so came to your school. She came to my school. First off, insane that Cheetah Rivera was sitting ten. I'm gonna cry thinking about it because Aww. she was just okay. This woman walked into the room and just started hugging everyone. She did not know who anyone was. She and the the, uh, the interviewer from Broadway.com was trying to like usher her to the stage and she's Aww. just like hugging. She walked up to my friend Shannon and just gave her a big old hug. Really? And she was just like, oh my god. She was just like. <gasps> I just, uh, that's iconic. Like, you know that when you can't put an experience into words, she was just so wonderful and so sweet and hugged everyone, and I'm so sad that I didn't know she was taking pictures after, so we left, and then we found out she was taking pictures, like, but she just is the most kindest soul ever, and I didn't know she was so intimate with everyone. She is, and she didn't even know my friends, she just would walk up to them and hug people, and it was just... Oh, she's such a beautiful soul, and she's just so sweet, and oh my god, I just can't put that into words. Like, just seeing that woman that I've admired since I was a child, in front of, I'm gonna cry, in front of me, just a, a light in the room. I She lit up the room. I'm so grateful to have met Broadway actors, but I couldn't imagine meeting, like, one of my idols, so I, I get what you mean by that. It just, I, like, I can't, like, and she did the Velma Kelly pose. Oh, really? Where she stood up for, and she, like, she was like, yeah, so we did something like this, and we all started clapping. She's like, oh, my God, I should come here often. They never clap for this stuff. <laughs> oh, she was so wonderful. That's so nice. We should quickly, quickly discuss our favorite random theater moments, because, so, we're theater people. We know this. But we kind <laughs> of, like, have little memes, or we've had, more, like, in the past, like, when we were, like, sophomores yes, and stuff. Lord. We were, like, make our own Broadway memes. Like, the entirety of Shrek was a meme within itself. Like, we would constantly, <laughs> like, sing lines from it. We would talk about it. We would watch it. And, like, I can't tell if it was ironic or not. Oh, what about, um, well, obviously. Wait, what's the rest of that line? I don't remember the rest well, of that line. Well, obviously someone hacked the computer. computer. Oh. I said that the other day and everyone was like, what? And I was like, oh, oh, oh. Anyone? 
and just throw things out, I guess. Um, this isn't really, like, a meme, but I just, because she said Shrek, me and Jada walked down the street of Manhattan <laughs> singing, I smell like sauerkraut, <laughs> like that line. After we oh saw, wasn't it, after we staged toward at Dear Evan Hansen? Yeah. Like, it was like, we literally could not stop saying, I smell like sauerkraut. Only that line. <laughs> Nothing else from this That was me at Disney with that line, um, from Book of Mormon. Wonderful disposition. Oh, yeah, you kept saying that. Oh, for Newsies? Oh, you know the one. What is the one? Poor guy, Fred oh. is spinning. <laughs> I know someone who listened. Zoe, if you're listening. Um, she probably she is. She listened to the 10-hour version. Oh, oh yeah. Just, Poor guy's head is spinning. How Poor long? Poor guy's head. She got through the whole 10 hours. I don't believe that. No, no, no. Seriously. She got through all 10 hours, and I was like, girl. Okay, let us know if you want us to do, like, a 10-hour listen of this and just play <laughs> Of just me it. saying that? Like, and you no. We'll just, we'll just play it and see who, like, cracks first and <gasps> is like, I can't take it. I love that idea. Oh, if anyone actually would want to see that, let me know, because... I used to watch those 10-hour videos of, like, random stuff when I was younger, like the Nyan Cat ones. I would watch it for three hours at a time. Um, you guys, the Endymion 2. Yeah, you sing it well, so I'm not gonna even say it, but the Endymion 2 from Mean Girls, for some reason, in her Tony performance and in every performance, she does, like, this, like, hand thing where she, like, waves her fingers and she's like, Endymion 2. It's it's really funny. I got it, I got it. Hepatitis, hepatitis. (laughs) Oh, with all the talk of STDs. Just say how your boyfriend thinks. <laughs> no, what's the line? They changed it in the PBS version. That that meme. Just say how your boyfriend thinks. Oh wait wait wait! wait. I, I have one. I have one for falsettos. Oh. Yeah. What is it? What is that? Wash and wear. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> one time we saw it with a friend, and he did not laugh the whole beginning of the show, and um, <laughs> oh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden. There's this line where uh, Andrew Reynolds, as Wizard, goes, what is that, wash and wear? And our friend just goes, ha, 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 ha. So, oh, I do that. <laughs> I do that. I wear wash and wear. Um, what's something else? Oh, oh at my school, cool. just the entirety of the song from Legally Blonde, What You Want. Like, I, literally I do like someone will song. be like, what you want, and everyone will just go <laughs> off. <laughs> we had something about everyone hates his parents. Where we, me and you would, like, do the cartwheel. We oh, had the yeah, yeah, we do the handshake and then the cartwheel. Aww. Also, what about crunch crunch? Oh, my God, wait. That was Be More Chill? We no, we that have... was, um, Dear Hansen. Oh! Jared eats bath bombs. So oh, like no, oh yeah! We had, um, what was it? What did we say? From Book of Mormon. We would just say elder to each other a lot. We would just well, call each other elder bronco. Had, there was, like, a video Yeah, it was kind of concerning after a while. Oh, um, oh, my God, I'm... I know what and you're talking about. It was like the the passion dies where like they had like Yes, passion thing. dies! Oh my god. Oh my god. It's like this really poorly drawn picture of a passion and then they say passion dies. It's just a picture of someone drawing a passion with like X's on the eyes. But they did like they did uh Okay. This is it, interesting. But it was it was no, it was so funny. They did thrill first love from Falsettos. Falsettos and um they put Elder Price and Elder McKinley as, as Wizard people. and Marvin. But someone, like, poorly oh, drew it as a joke. It was a whole joke. Like, they poorly drew it. Okay. And it was just, like, we watched that constantly, like, dying of laughter. Also, I liked, um, you know there's those apps where you can, like, s- basic storyboard shows? Yeah. People would write those, like, with the basic storyboards, like, of the shows. Like, we would watch those a lot. Also, the telenovela versions where they would use the Spanish text-to-speech. <laughs> those were funny. I like those ones, like, where it was, like, Kind of, like, almost, like, storyboard, but it was, like, those really bad apps where, like, you, like, you make your own people and they- That's what I was talking oh, about, Oh, yeah. wait, that's what you mean, like, where they say lines like Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. The he- I don't- I know- I'm a little about Heathers, but there's a really funny Heathers one. I'm not really- Me, me either, Heathers. but there's one- but, like, JD, like, Julie, like, I- I'm gonna shoot the school. Like, it's, like- it's, like, <laughs> it's literally- I'm um, weird. I've made some of those. Those were funny. You did! You I made did. these as well. Oh. Uh, I think th- that's it, That's right? it! Um, wow. No one else has anything else to say? No. 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 I don't believe that so. That was a silence. Poor I right. The poor guy's head. Poor guy's head is spinning. Remember when we we saw that one production of Newsies? You know the one. Oh my god, no, no, no. Wait, you ever uh, see a really bad production of, like, a common show and you're like, oh. When? 
In the summer? Oh, yeah. And one time I found out that someone I go to school with was in that show, and I was completely trash-talking it, and he was, like... He was just sitting there? I was there. No, no, he didn't know his... Yeah, it was the thing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't all bad. It was just... It was just certain parts. And certain characters. Anyways, we love community theater. Yes, community theater. I'm such a community theater person. Yeah. We had a Newsies joke for, um... That's my cigar. Oh. (laughs) That one I remember. Yeah. Look at her legs. How last <laughs> you? Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> well, I'm gonna <laughs> just plug I in my social. How, I never really realized how much Newsies influence our lives. Sorry, keep going. Um, yeah, that's, yes. Um, my Twitter is Kelly Bronx, K-E-L-O-Y-B-R-A-N-X. Jada. Okay. My Instagram and Twitter is totally Jada, the word totally, and J-A-D-A. And also, don't forget, at 5W Podcast. At 5W Podcast. If you want to follow any of the Instagrams, make it that one. But yeah. if you want to see my face, follow Totally Jada. Um, and Sky. Sky, do you have any socials you want to plug? Oh my god, I have a Twitter. <gasps> oh my god. Yay. And I'm just so funny on my Twitter. It's Sky V Sky with two Ys on the second Sky. We will put everything in the description. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that. Thank you for listening. This was our second time recording. We hope it still sounded okay, though, and everything. And I'm so sorry about the computer fan. We just, like, did this really haphazardly. We're, get, we're gonna get an upgrade eventually. Yeah. It honestly changed so much, though. Like, we went off on so many different lists. And I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. very happy with the way this turned out. And in our next episode... It's gonna be two parts. Two separate episodes. Woo! Oh, my God. And it's gonna be about two of your favorite TV shows. Parks and Rec versus The Office. Be there or be square. Who will win? Ah! Who will win? All right, well, bye. Thank you, everyone. Our title song is the title track to Yesterday and Baron's album, Good On It All. It is now streaming on most platforms. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.